0: On a day like this, you got good news and got bad news. The good news is that the Magi are coming to see Jesus. The bad news is Herod doesn't want them to see Jesus. Herod wants to destroy Jesus. So traditionally, because of those gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, We've called the magi, the visitors, kings because of their gifts. It's probably not true at all. They were, each one was a magus, a, a, a person who studied in Persia Zashra Astonism, and they read the stars, so they were familiar with the stars. And according to their faith from Persia, they ascertained, that one major star, now that could have been a Nova, could have been constellations, we don't know exactly what, this is not science, this is, this is Scripture. And that one star led them to a house. We'll get to the house in a second. Before that, as they would be politely doing, they paid allegiance to the ruler of the land, his name happens to be Herod. Herod will be king during this period. And just to continue the history of Herod, his son is king when Jesus is killed. He's the Herod that Jesus appears in front of. So we got a little bit of history there. Isaiah, the first reading, is talking to the people of Israel who who might as well be looking at Palestine today, it was a mess. Jerusalem was a mess. It had already been attacked by the Babylonians, and it was destroyed. And the people of Israel were brought off to Babylon. And now Isaiah says, hey, folks, we're going back. We're going back home. Rise up in splendor. Now, think these words just momentarily, as if they're applied to the Holy Land today, with what a mess that's going on there, the the the, the bombings, the, the devastation. Imagine some leader getting up, and he's a prophet, saying to all the people, rise up in splendor, your light has come, the glory of the Lord is upon you. See the darkness that covers the earth? Don't worry about it, God's gonna clear all that away. And you shall be radiant, These this, these are the words Isaiah said, 500 years before Christ. And it would be a heartbreak to read them in the Holy Land today for the Palestinians, for the Jews, as they look around, surrounded by devastation. So as much as it was a heartbreak for the people of Israel during the time of Isaiah, we can understand it. We can look at our media, we can look at our tweets, we can read our papers, and we see it's a mess. These are the people of the Holy Land, and our hearts break for them. The Palestinians, and the Jews as well, and the Christians as well. So listening to this is kind of defiant Isaiah is trying to make a point. God is with you. He has not left you alone. Well, the land is gone. The temple is gone. It's rubble. God is still with you. He will bring people to see you. And through the centuries, notice how that was fulfilled. People have been going to the Holy Land since the time of Jesus. Jesus. And up and down with chaos and history and politics. At times it's been wonderful, at times it's been in devastation. You know all the wars that they've had. So the, the discordant message that they're getting is really a bother to them, the people of Israel, as it would be to the people today who live in that same land. And he goes one step further. He says, you're going to be so well-known and so put together that dromedaries, caravans, will come from all over the world to visit you and bring you gifts. And if you know the history of Israel, people for many centuries have been doing that going to see the places of of the birth of Jesus, going to see the places of the miracles of Jesus. People have been coming from all over the world. It's paused now to the point where for Christmas, they canceled Christmas. It's like a Seinfeld episode. They canceled Christmas. Well, they didn't cancel Christmas. They canceled the festivities because of the bloodshed and the bombings. Today, we're not talking about today we're using that as a reference to isaiah who predicted god will be with you god will come to you and so in time years after isaiah we have the three magi following the stars following their their deliberations and they go and we traditionally call them kings like i said they're not they go to the king of israel they go to the false king of israel he's really the king of israel appointed by romans the political intrigue in the gospels are just fascinating herod is a puppet king and he's afraid that some other whippersnapper of a king is going to take over his throne. So what does he do to the, and you heard it, it's very clear, what does he do to the magi? Go, 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 go find this kid and let me know. And I'll go worship him too. Well, in between there, we have the feast that we celebrated of the holy innocence when Herod gives the command that every boy under three years old should be killed because we can't have any new messiah or king in my kingdom but me. So that continues. So the bloodshed associated with this beautiful feast, the glory of Jesus being manifested to the world, is that like contemporary literature. It's that like contemporary news articles still is there. The bloodshed, the fear, the hate, the jealousy is still present. In our world, forget Jerusalem and Israel, in our world. And yet, they came, the Magi, because they were reading about the fulfillment of the Messiah that would come and he would bring a great gift of light to the world. And they were looking forward to meeting him, to giving him gifts. A little bit of history. They go after they meet with Herod, to look for the kid again. But you notice Matthew puts, they they got to a house. Theologians think it was probably around three to six years after Jesus was born that the Magi came. Now, we don't need to follow that history lesson in the Scriptures, because the message of the Scriptures is that the Magi are going to find the Son of God. And they do, they do find him with his mother in a house, probably getting established. Some say that if the Magi were women, forget gold, frankincense and myrrh, they would have probably brought a, a pot of stew and a, a bag of diapers and started cleaning up the place. But these were guys who wrote on big animals and they brought big treasures Because what they were looking for is their idea of the idealized king. And sure, Matthew is giving us these lessons. And as you follow the story of Matthew, don't forget Matthew's the gospel writer, that's good news. As you follow the story of Matthew through the life of Jesus, we hear more than once that Jesus is the Messiah. He is Emmanuel. Even the soldier, truly this was the Son of God at the end of the Gospel. So you and I are part of the ongoing history of the church, part of the ongoing history of creation, part of the ongoing history of the fulfillment of the Old Testament, our roots, our religious roots, the Old Testament, and we're here today. And we gather in a beautiful church, beautiful music, beautiful incense, and it goes on. The story didn't end. They didn't find him, as you know. The angel, again, an intervention from heaven, brings the magi to another, go home another route and saves Jesus, Mary, and Joseph by going into hiding in Egypt. So the story is still going on. Has he been found? Yes, and when he was found, look what they did to him. He was found to bring God's word. So you have bad king, good kings. And that tension is still going on in society today. The evil, the hate, the greed against the Prince of Peace. Lack of a better word. That's, his e- that's the easiest way to say it. The Prince of Peace is here. He has come. And his greeting 2,000 years ago was the cross. Because what he did when he was here, he manifested God's light. The, 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 this, the full name of this holiday is the manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles. So, Christ came to manifest God to you and to me and to everybody else, to the Palestinians, to the Jews, to the Muslims, to everybody else. And it's up to us as practicing Christians to share that good news. As we pray for one another, as, as we talk to each other, as we vote, no matter what we do, we are supposed to be reflecting the manifestation of God on earth. Sometimes we're good at it, sometimes not so good. But the challenge is still there because the the whole ministry has not ended. We just finished celebrating the birth date of Jesus, and the whole focus of that celebration is looking forward to his coming again in glory. And that's where we are. After the consecration, we reflect on that. We proclaim our faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. So we're waiting for Jesus to come again. And in the meantime, he's waiting for you and and for me to manifest his glory. Don't get caught up in glory. Peace. His message to all people. Because as we bring peace and love to people, we are bringing God's glory to people. As we fight for justice and food for the hungry and clothing for the naked, we're manifesting God's glory on earth. Jesus, always existing with the Father, becomes a baby. I mean, I'm from an Italian family. And any baby born into an Italian family is regarded as the Messiah. I mean, we're all kings or queens, please. I mean, really. That's that's not universal. And that's only probably the Jews and the Italians have a a market on that, how they treat their babies. But we're not the Messiah. There's only one. And we're waiting for him to return in glory. And in the meantime, we have to roll up our sleeves and live Christian lives, and live the message of Christ. And that takes a lot of patience, and it takes a lot of endurance. So that's why we have these holidays, to give us a shot in the arm. Even after the decorations are down and we prepare for Lent, we do that again to give us a reminder of what we are here for. We're continuing the work of the Messiah, Summer, fall, winter, spring, it doesn't matter. Florida, New York, it doesn't matter. It's our universal job to continue the manifestation, the showing out of God to people. And Jesus did it in a very simple way. He did it through actions. He didn't do it through the sword. He didn't do it through earthquakes. He did it through actions, simple actions. The last is great. The last action on his Last Supper is great. A good example of the manifestation of God to people. He washed the feet of his disciples at his Last Supper. That's God. That's the Messiah. And if he were here, he would wash our feet and expect us to wash the feet of one another. We've got a challenge. It's the beginning of a new year. Forget resolutions. We have the greatest resolution, faith in God and practicing that faith. And in a few moments, we'll recite what that faith is all about in the creed. And that's where we are now, on the journey as the mission continues. Years ago, I saw this quote from Mother Teresa, and I thought it would be an appropriate way to summarize today's message. Very simple as she was, very simple, but extremely com- complex. People are often unreasonable, she said, irrational and self centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of being selfish or having ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some unfaithful friends and some genuine enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and sincere, people will deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. What you spend years creating, others could destroy overnight. Create anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, some may be jealous, be happy anyway. The good you do today will often be forgotten. Do good anyway, give the best you have and it will never be enough. Give your best anyway. In the final analysis, it's between you and God It was never between you and them anyway.